Welcome to the program. I'm Jeff Schechter. Listening to some of our political discourse today vis-a-vis Russia, it brings back powerful reminders of the Cold War, a time when spies and covert action existed in what Le Carre called a moral twilight. And yet, when we think about people like Kim Philby or Alger Hiss or Aldrich James and the way they turned on their country, is it any different than what we're seeing today? We're going to look at one of these instructive Cold War stories today with my guest, Kati Martin. She's an award-winning former NPR and ABC News correspondent. She's the author of the previous books, Paris, A Love Story, Enemies of the People, The Great Escape, Hidden Power, and A Death in Jerusalem. And it is my pleasure to welcome Kati Martin back to this program to talk about her newest work, True Believer, Stalin's Last American Spy. Kati, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Jeff. It's a great pleasure to be back with you. Well, it's great to have you back. There, There is something about looking at Cold War stories today. Maybe it's because Russia is so much in the news. Maybe because it's this idea of, of what you know self-actualization really means. But there is this mm-hmm. endless fascination with, with why people do what they do with respect to espionage. Talk about that first. Yes. Well, I've had a lifelong fascination with, uh, with espionage, being, being the, the daughter of two convicted CIA agents, <laughs> innocently convicted. But that isn't, uh, although that's part of uh, this book, True Believer, um, because there's a bizarre intersection between, uh, between uh, my parents and, and uh, this American spy. But what makes uh, True Believer, I think, uh, incredibly relevant today is, is that the country, when, um, when my hero or anti-hero um, was turned into uh, a, a spy, a, an agent of the KGB, the country then was very much like today, uh, deeply divided. And, and you had a whole generation of, of young people who, who were basically disillusioned with, with America's ability to, to right its wrongs and, and, to, and, and basically didn't think it was deserving of, of rescue. And we're looking for a radical answer to every problem. And of course, from, uh, from across, um, across the globe in the Kremlin, Stalin was looking precisely for such disenchanted uh, young idealists because they started off as idealists. And, and what, I, what I try to do with, in True Believer is, is to give a psychological uh, profile of how a man or a woman um, b- learns to betray everything he stands for, his country, his family, his, his, his profession, all for an illusion, a cause that, that really is, promises everything, a quick fix for everything, certitude. We're hearing a lot of certitude these days. Um, and and delivers nothing but but uh, prison torture, absolute la- loss of um, of freedom and rights, and very often murder because because true believer um, is really the story of multiple murders. So how does a how does a good guy because because Noel Field, my uh, who's at the center of this plot. Um, starts off in life with, with with real humanitarian instincts. He can't stand the racism that he sees uh, around him in in the State Department in in Washington. He can't stand the anti-immigrant uh, biases. So you see, Jeff, there are so many parallels 
between then and now. The other part of it that, that is so interesting to look at this degree of idealism is that this isn't something that just exhibits itself among people that are angry or disillusioned. But these are people, whether it's Alger Hiss or whether it's Noel Field, that are at kind of the top of the intellectual food chain, people that oh, come yes. out of these Ivy League backgrounds. Yes, yes. And and in fact, um, Alger Hiss, whom you mentioned, uh, plays a significant role in, in my book because he is the first person that Noel... Uh, turns to when he begins his betrayal, when he begins um, smuggling classified documents from the State Department to his uh, Soviet um, minder, and and absolutely these are these are not people who are deprived in 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 any visible way. They are at the top of the food chain. I mean, they're Harvard grads. Right. Um, but uh, but they they are um, alienated from their own country, and the alienation grows with self radicalization. And this is of course before the internet, but um, but the way they self radicalize is they begin reading all the propaganda that that Moscow puts out. Because in those days, we're talking about the 30s, Moscow's the star was shining brighter than ever. And these guys had never set foot in the Soviet Union. What they knew of the Russian Revolution was all beautiful stuff. It was, it was uh, you know, at the, the end of a corrupt system, the, you know, violent end, uh, but, but nevertheless, um, it was the power to the people. It was the worker state. It was, and Moscow, unbeknownst to these guys, was was really manipulating them uh, toward um, this betrayal through agents um, in in this case in Washington, looking out for the just below the surface alienation of these seemingly successful American um, American uh, bright young Americans who were on their way to to great careers, and Moscow needed inside. Uh, information on how the U.S. would respond to the rise of fascism in Europe. And that's why my guy, Noel Field, was such a key asset, because he was in the State Department's Office of West, Western European uh, Affairs, and so he was able to um, give them information about that. But how, how, the, how step by step, he, Noel learns to live a double life and learns to fool everybody around him is is so interesting and how you know today we're 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 daily um given examples of of spies betrayals in our midst seemingly quote unquote nice young men and women who live next door and who are quietly seething with anger and and um manipulated by outside influences and and don't give themselves away until until they do so in a really destructive way and by then it's too late well it was similar then um Noel Field this this uh, nice Quaker humanitarian ended up being a party to an assassination and but more importantly led hundreds of people to the gallows uh allowing Stalin to use him to get rid of Stalin's 
would-be rivals in the Kremlin. And, um, and, and uh, worst of all, Jeff, is what he did to his own family. I mean, he just crushed his own, his own family. Uh, not his wife, because his wife was a partner hmm. every step of the way, and, by the way, paid for it massively, because, of course, they spent five very tough years in a Soviet prison and torture, and, and, and the, the Le Carre plot is, is beyond belief, because it isn't, it isn't the country that he betrayed, the United States, that jailed him. It's the country that he served so loyally that jailed him. It's and his and his wife. It's interesting too, and and this is an area I know you can speak to that stories like Noel Field's story and Alger Hiss mm. and all the all of these people mm. that were in the State Department during that period of time, that it created a kind of taint to the State Department that still lives, that still permeates the DNA to this day. Mm, yes. Well, um, you know the the. Joe McCarthy's witch hunt um, took place in the 50s when really there were very few witches left in the woods, if any. This happened in the 30s when there were a lot of witches, but when we weren't, we, the United States government, including um, J. Edgar Hoover, um, you know, the famous uh, red hunter, red baiter, he, he, they weren't paying attention to these guys because uh, we were completely focused on Hitler, the rise of Nazism, and these guys were considered sort of harmless eccentrics. And uh, so they, they were allowed to get away with, I mean, readers will be surprised to what extent the highest reaches of the State Department, uh, the White House, the Treasury, were penetrated by, by Stalin's agents and 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 really we we were caught flat-footed um in those days and even fdr when when presented with with a list which included uh my my guy noel field the the list of eight soviet agents in the government he just said don't bother me with that we've got to fight the hun we've got to fight hitler so so for a very long time uh they were serving the Kremlin and and the the you know the parallels between then and now are are just uncanny that that you have you have a really divided America back in the day and you have an America that is turning its back on um, the rest of the world uh, that is that is 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 tightening immigrant quotas um, when the Jews were in the greatest need. And all of that fuels the alienation of, um, of, a, of a class of, of, of young people who are um, idealists and who do want to do good in the world. And, and that alienation is, um, is exploited by, by our enemies. So, you know, it's, you can't help but make comparisons right. throughout with, with, with what's going on today. Of course, the the other kind of Le Carre overlay is this moral twilight, the fact that we were mm-hmm. trying to do, that, that people like Alan Dulles were trying to do the same mm-hmm. thing to, to Soviet, to, to recruit yes. agents in the Soviet Union. Yes. Well, Alan Dulles is a big uh, figure in my mm-hmm. book because Alan Dulles um, – 
casts a huge shadow over Noel Field's uh, entire life. They meet when he's uh, a young man, 14, and and um, and and then later on, um, when the Soviets and the U.S. were allies in the war against um, fascism, World War II, um, Field works for Dulles, thinking that thereby he's serving the Soviets. Our, you know, Uncle Joe, as he was called, was our ally. Um, but he doesn't clear this with his masters in Moscow because in the, in the chaos of war, communications were tough. So he does, he does work for Dulles. Um, and, and that becomes one of the big charges against him when Stalin needs after, after the end of the Second World War and, and Washington and Moscow are now. Um, waging a cold war, and and Dulles is the um, first director of the CIA, and the Dulles field connection is massively exploited by the Kremlin to to um, they they kidnap their their own agent Noel Field and torture him into confessing that yes indeed he was he was not a KGB agent but Dulles's agent, and that all the people that he worked with in the Soviet underground were also Dulles's agents. So, I mean, you couldn't make up this stuff. My good fortune is that um, nobody had actually gathered all this material quite simply because, because Noel Field uh, disappeared behind the Iron Curtain in 1949. But, but through a bizarre set of circumstances, um, my, my parents were in the same Actually, my father was in the same cell as this guy. As as you know, Jeff, my parents were falsely accused. Uh, They were journalists working for the uh, AP and UPI, and they were falsely accused of being CIA agents. And for, for, for a while, my father had the same interrogator as this American and so, um, so this, this story was kind of in my DNA. Um, but what really, um, broke it open for me was that that the family of uh, Noel Field uh, were willing to co- collaborate and co- not collaborate, cooperate hmm. um, in in uh, in uncovering the, the the details of the story because, for the simple reason, not 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 to be just helpful, they wanted to know what happened because he died behind the Iron Curtain, and um, so they were eager for me to go in inside that. Heart of Darkness, which is the KGB archives, and uh, and get at the documentation, which which I was able to do in in telling uh, True Believer, which by the way he was till the bitter end, and that that too makes the story, I think, unique is, mm-hmm. is that he never acknowledged that that he served one of the world's worst, uh, most inhuman systems, and and that that he himself had made every wrong turn in his own life. Never acknowledged that. Talk a little bit about the nuance of Eastern Europe in this post-war era, in this beginning of the Cold War period. Mm. I mean, the very fact that the Czechs were the ones that turned him over to the Hungarians. Talk about what was going on yeah. there. Well, you have to uh, realize that, that that these satellite states, uh, be it Czechoslovakia or, or Hungary or East Germany or Poland, Romania, they were really, well, just that satellites of, of the Soviet Union, and they were run down to the last detail from the Kremlin. 
so that when 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 Stalin decided that it was time for a new uh, wave of terror, uh, a new set of show trials, which had worked so well for him in the 30s in getting rid of uh, when he when he was uh, making his way up the greasy pole to to succeed Lenin. Um, and he used show trials to to uh, brutally eliminate uh, all of all the other contenders for that. Um, he he used exactly dusted off that uh, that scenario. We're talking about the late forties now, mm-hmm. and he ordered um, all the satellites to uh, to stage show trials uh, 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 according to along a script that was that was. Um, uh, that that was um, choreographed in Moscow. So so Prague was told kidnap the guy, lure him to Prague with a with a job offer because by now Noel Field is on the run from his own country, having been unmasked as a KGB agent on the front page of the New York Times by Whitaker Chambers. And so he's a man without a country, desperate. He doesn't have a job. He doesn't. He's 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 ducking an FBI uh, subpoena to appear in in uh, court in Washington. And uh, and and so now he is offered a job, a fake job in Prague as a teacher. He goes there and he's kidnapped by the Czechs and um, driven to to uh, to Budapest. Uh, which will be the scene of the first of a whole bunch of show trials um, that that Stalin un, unleashed in in uh, in the late 40s, and whereas in the 30s it's it's Leon Trotsky who is um, who is the, the 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 man that drives Stalin crazy uh, and and whom he chases all the way to Mexico. Where he finally assassinates Trotsky. Now, in the late '40s, it's Tito, the great Yugoslav war hero, partisan who who um, who is showing too much independence for Stalin's taste, and it, um, Stalin can't touch Tito because because the Red Army did not liberate Yugoslavia from the Nazis. Tito's own partisans did that. So he's got no Stalin has no troops in Yugoslavia, but he's got troops everywhere else. So every everybody else does does as they're told. The first show trial opens in in Budapest, and chief witness for the prosecution against would be Tito is um, is none other than this young lad from um, Harvard, um, Noel Field, good good Quaker boy once upon a time, who is tortured into confessing. That he is indeed Stalin uh, Dulles's agent, <laughs> and um, and that confession, because people will, as you know, confess to any damn thing under torture. Uh, that confession leads hundreds of people to their death. And um, uh, fast forward uh, five years, he's been in jail now for five years. By the way, his wife follows him. The wife plays an extraordinary role in this. In fact, the whole family does, um, because not only does his wife follow him into the gulag, a rather naive notion, uh, and thus is thrown in a cell of her own, but but his brother, an eminent Boston architect, goes goes looking for him. He lands in a dungeon in Warsaw, and then 
the my favorite character in the saga, the heroine, Erica, his adopted daughter, who also goes looking for him and is is transported to the northernmost outpost of the Gulag Archipelago. But she is a remarkable uh, character who emerges after five years. Um, you know, Stalin is now dead, and 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 Khrushchev and Eisenhower are making nice. The prisoners are released, and uh, Erica um, hightails it out of the uh, Soviet Union and rebuilds a wonderful life for herself in in Virginia, of all places, um, and and becomes a beloved uh, school teacher in Virginia. Marries a, a American GI, has a couple of kids, and that family was was crucially. Uh, important in in helping me um, retrace this really complex uh, story of treachery and and espionage and and you know to really get under the the, the skin of these characters I needed uh, correspondence family correspondence which uh, they shared in, in in with great generosity and and that's how I, I'm I'm able to to uh, portray the motivations of, of these, uh, of these people. And, and I shudder to think what, what, um, ju- what those writing about biographies about all of us in the future <laughs> will have to work with, you know, given that we communicate in texts and emails and not these wonderful, long, descriptive, open-hearted letters, which, which I had to deal with. It does, in some ways, change the nature of it. And one of the other historical significances of this in terms of understanding is this relationship between the military, patriotism, espionage, covert action, and the way these things all played together during that period, and our, and our lack yes. of understanding and appreciation about yes. how they work today. Yes, and by the way, the U.S. does not come off looking, you know, like like a, a, an angel in all this because because I was telling you about Erica. Erica is not allowed to rejoin her hu- American husband and children in this country after all the suffering that 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 she went through in the in the Gulag. Uh, because of fear that she has been contaminated in during her years in a Soviet prison. Tell us finally the family and why they wanted to cooperate. The family um, were mystified by their own um, story. That is to say that, that um, Noel Field, who is really at the center of this narrative, um, was like most spies, very good at deception, and really the only truth he ever he ever uttered, because he learned to live a double life as spies must, um, is contained in in these pages, because I I found letters in the in the Hungarian secret police archive that he wrote uh, to other communists about the depth of his of his uh, belief in um in Stalin and and that communism um is is really the answer to to all the world's ills. And then I had another remarkable piece of uh, good luck and that is that one of the conditions of Noel Fields release from prison by the Soviets 
was that he never talked to Western media. And the only Western journalists ever to breach that were my mother and father. During the Hungarian Revolution, they, 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 they found Noel Field and his wife and surprised him into an interview. That is the only existing inter- press interview with, Field, with Mr. and Mrs. Field. And so I was the beneficiary of my parents' notes. And so that, too, um, helped me to flesh it out. And that gave me credibility, that bizarre connection with the family. Um, gave me credibility with with the surviving family members because in a way since my parents had 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 spent two years in the same prison for uh, different crimes but similar I mean uh, they were they were they too were accused of being mm-hmm. CIA um, but at any rate so so we had this bond this weird bond and so that um, established a kind of a, a level of conf- confidence and intimacy between them. And I think they're, they're, they're pretty shocked by the result, um, by the degree to which um, Noel Field betrayed his, his country and betrayed his own family. He was always um, more, more important in, quote, the cause, that is to say, communism, than in than in his family, and in fact, one of the most shocking things uh, that that I discovered was that the first words he uttered when reunited with his wife after they'd been in the same prison, but but they didn't know that. In fact, they were three cells away from each other for five years. Um, so he's reunited with his wife, and the first thing he says to her is, "Have you remained true to our cause?" <laughs> So not sorry, honey, got you into this mess, <laughs> but uh, to say the least, but have you remained true? So so really at the core of true believer is, is the power of fanaticism and that when a young mind is captured early enough, it's really hard to, to, um, to reverse that, that capture because because it, it's an it's a for, it's an addiction like any powerful faith it can poison your your the clarity of your thinking and and you to admit that you've made a mistake of such proportions um, would mean that your whole life has been a mistake so to the end Noel Field and his extraordinarily compliant wife insisted that it was just the mistakes of a few people that messed up the beautiful original utopian vision of, uh, of Lenin, that those that eventually we would all live under communism because it was simply a better way of life. He did not equate it with totalitarianism, with the brutality of, of, of the gulag, um, with with the injustices that he himself suffered with the whole, you know, these show trials were no more about justice than ISIS's beheadings are about justice. They were meant to spread terror, and um, and 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 they did. Uh, but Nolfield never acknowledged that, and never, and this is most shocking, never apologized to his family 
for depriving them of their freedom because one by one they went looking for him and lost their freedom and never apologized to the people that he that he uh, testified against um, who also were if not if not executed then um, then then horribly punished and all this uh, has remained an, 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 an unknown story until now Kati Martin the book is True Believer, Stalin's Last American Spy. It's just out from Simon & Schuster. Kati, I thank you so much for spending time with us. Oh, well, thank you. It's been a, it's been a great pleasure, Jeff. Thank you for having me. Thank you.